0: Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. Okay, so today we have our second special guest visiting the podcast, which I'm really excited about. We have Natalie here. She's unusual equine on Instagram. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do with horses and just your background in
1: general? Yeah, so I have been around horses since I was 10, so almost 12 years now. And I didn't start clicker training until 2018, but I have been clicker training horses since then and I have my off-the-track thoroughbred gelding room, and I am a huge advocate for rescue horses, non-ridden horses, and also senior horses.
0: That's awesome. It's good to hear from somebody who's really an advocate for senior horses too, because I feel like I always end up with the seniors, and I love them, but they're, they're, I feel like they're just really looked down upon, so it's great that there's other people out there who love them.
1: Yeah, seniors are are worth their weight in gold, truly, but they usually, unfortunately, do get cast aside and passed on when they're not abused anymore.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's definitely true. I always would think I'm so glad that Coco had me because I feel like most people in the world would not have put as much time and effort into caring for her that I did. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, in the clicker training world do, but in the traditional world, not as much. Agreed. Yeah, so do you want to maybe talk a little bit about your process of getting Rune? I know he's a rescue, so maybe just talk a little bit about how that process was in general. I feel like most horse people probably have never rescued a horse, so it's kind of maybe a foreign topic for people.
1: Yeah, so I visited most, if not all, of the rescues in the area And, um, I'm lucky that I had a a big variety to choose from. Um, I'm in the outer LA area in Southern California. So there is, um, good, good size horsey community, a lot of rescues to choose from. Um, so I visited a lot. And of course, just like when you're looking to, um, purchase a horse, some you're going to mesh with and some you're not, and that's, that's totally fine. And I think, like everyone, we all have our preferences and stereotypes that are kind of in our head. And I had a very, I wouldn't say strict, but I, I knew what kind of horse I wanted. I really wanted a like big boned, um, maybe like half draft kind of horse. a really Um, level-headed, calm. Um, I wasn't too worried about the training because I knew that I could do that myself, but I just really like, like chunky, drafty types of horses. So I was not looking at thoroughbreds and I actually had a friend who kept telling me To go, you know, don't dismiss them. Go look, go look at thoroughbreds. And I kept saying, no, like I want big bone horses. Like you always see thoroughbreds coming right off the track, and they are track fit. They're lean, they're ribby, they're they just don't look like very, you know, substantial horses. So I didn't want to go look at any of them. Um and then through a family friend who knew um, I wouldn't necessarily call them a rescue. They're more of an off the track thoroughbred placement organization um, in the next town over. And what they do is they typically get the thoroughbreds right off the track directly from the trainers and they will retrain them, give them some time to decompress and then find them new homes, typically in the English riding circle, it seemed to me, but also Western. So I reached out to them and I told them what kind of horse I was looking for. And they said, we have the perfect horse for you. We just got him in a few weeks ago and they sent me pictures and sent me his Equibase profile, which all thoroughbreds, all off the track thoroughbreds have online profiles through the jockey club that say who their owner is, who their trainer was, how many starts they had, how many wins, you know, Geldinger, Mayer, age, all that. And I really liked what I saw. And he was actually super stocky for thoroughbreds. So I went to go see him and I did not like him at first, actually, I I didn't like him. I didn't think I was gonna want to see him again. Um, They did train traditionally, you know, it's gonna be rare to find rescues that that clicker train, unfortunately, but they did train traditionally and he was very reactive. He seemed very reactive, very spooky, but he was really sweet. He was really sweet. And and I decided that I wanted to go see him again and that I wanted to spend a lot of time with him one-on-one doing things with him that I would actually be doing since I wouldn't be doing any of the training with him that they were doing and that I was watching. And it seemed like, like deep down, he really wanted to relax and he really wanted to be okay with everything. And I went and saw him a couple more times and I fell in love and... I was right. He is a very chill horse. I just, I'm not sure if that training was the right training for him, but he has relaxed a lot since I got him. And I'm so happy that I kind of let go of the stereotypes a bit and went to go look at thoroughbreds.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really cool story of how, you know, you didn't necessarily like him or he wasn't the ideal horse that you were looking for, but it ended up working out really well. And I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation too, even if it's not like with a rescue just kind of they have an idea of like the perfect horse they want but then if you actually start looking at horses you might come across one that doesn't exactly fit what you wanted but ends up being the perfect horse for you so I think that's just kind of a good lesson for everybody that probably all of us will experience at some point
1: yeah yeah that's happened to me twice now actually where I um, I got one horse and it, it turned into another and I think it's just a really great lesson of, um, you know, to kind of embrace the philosophy of not how can I change my horse to suit me, but how can I change myself to suit my horse?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a good philosophy to have. So I know that you talked about how there can be myths about thoroughbreds that you were kind of, at first, kind of not sure about that kind of caused you to possibly not really want a thoroughbred, or it just wasn't exactly what you wanted. But there are clearly like a lot of myths out there about rescue horses in general and about how rescues maybe just aren't the right fit for everybody. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. I guess like specifically, I also wanted to ask, do you think that a rescue could be a good fit for anybody or do you think like, you know, first time horse owners maybe should not go that route?
1: Yeah, definitely. So for the first part of your question, as far as myths go For off the track thoroughbreds and for all rescue horses, I feel like there's a myth that all rescue horses have baggage. And I feel like people think this about rescue dogs, too, that they all have baggage, that there is, you know, some negative reason that they ended up at a rescue and they ended up needing help and that there must be there must be something wrong with them. You know, all rescue horses are unbroke, old, lame, crazy, gray, you know, as an unregistered. And I just I really don't think that's true from from all all the rescues that I have visited. Actually, a lot of horses end up in rescues simply just because their owners can't care for them anymore. And it has nothing to do with the fact that that there's something wrong with them, just that that they ended up in a situation where they could be cared for anymore. And for whatever reason, the, the owner didn't want to sell them off to just anyone. So they give them to a rescue as a way of um, guaranteeing that the horse was going to end up in a good place and continue to be in a good place. And I, I really think there's a rescue horse out there for everyone. You know, there, there are rescue horses that are quote unquote bombproof and beginner friendly and husband horses. And you know, if you live in an area where you don't have that many options then maybe you don't find that and that's totally fine but it's not because they don't exist it's just maybe not you know not a lot of options in that area but yeah i really do think there's a rescue horse for everyone and it's just kind of you know up to you to go out there and look for it and rescues get in horses all the time so even if you're looking around your local rescues and you don't see anything that you like check back in a few months and and see what there is. And that's the great thing about rescues is there's a lot of variety and there's a lot of options as far as finding the the perfect horse for you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think from what I've heard, one hang up people can have with rescues is that they aren't sure what the history of the horse was potentially, or they're a little bit nervous about that. But I find honestly that it's hard to track down the history of any horse just because they're changing hands so much and they're, just getting moved around. So yeah, I definitely hear people talk about that, but I feel like it's, that's not necessarily unique to rescue horses.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I used to ride at a hunter jumper barn and that imported horses worth tens of thousands of dollars. I'm talking, you know, 50 grand, 70 grand. (laughs) Those horses have baggage too. You know, I mean, all, all horses, unless you literally, you know, by the full, as soon as it hits the ground, all horses are going to have some kind of some kind of baggage. Now, it might be really subtle or it might be really, really obvious, but I think that, you know, as long as they have their previous owner, there, there's going to be something there. There's going to be past experiences. There's going to possibly be some past trauma. And so I don't think that's unique to rescue horses at all.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of the time too, I don't know a ton about rescues, but I've been looking at them a little bit, just, I might be, you know, moving in a bit and I don't know what my horse situation will be like. So I've just been kind of poking around, seeing what's out there, but I see a lot of them that are like, you know, one or two years old and just halter broke like no other training. So I feel like honestly, rescues could be a really good place to look too. If you do want a horse that might not have a ton of Traditional training experience that you can start using positive reinforcement or something like that. I mean, obviously, even at two, they are going to have some type of history, but if they have like a little bit less of a traditional history, that could be helpful too.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it really depends on your outlook. You know, going to a rescue and seeing a lot of younger Halter Broke horses might be the opposite of what someone's looking for who, you know, really wants to ride and doesn't want to have to do any training, or it can be a goldmine for someone who wants that, you know, quote unquote, blank slate. Also, rescue horse adoption fees are genuinely pretty low. So it's also an option to to go, you know, pick out a horse, not necessarily based on training, but based off of temperament and conformation And then take the money that you would have spent on a more expensive horse and send that horse into training for a few months or pour that money into lessons, you know, for the next year, you know, there's more than one way to get a very safe broke horse. And if you can't find one as is, then it's absolutely possible to, to train one after you adopt him.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And then you can have control over exactly what type of training you want them to have too. And, you know, pick a trainer that you actually respect and not have it sort of just be, you don't really know who trained this horse, or you don't really know exactly how the training process went.
1: Yeah, especially in the clicker training community, you're probably going to have to retrain either way. (laughs) At least some, at least some behaviors, you're going to be looking at retraining regardless. So yeah, I mean, may as well May as well plan on doing that already because, you know, like I said before, I all horses come with baggage. Before Rune, I had a mare named Beauty and she was registered and I adopted her. I mean, I, I purchased her, but she had a lot of mental and physical baggage. She, she turned into a completely different horse when I got her home, which also made me realize that horses take a way longer time to settle into new environments than we think. And this goes for rescue horses and, you know, any horse that you you bring home, you know, it takes a matter of months for them to settle in. And that's why I think that it's such a plus if you can find a rescue that does a, a foster to adopt program. I've seen those before, and it's excellent if you can do the foster to adopt for a few months because, you know, if, if you find a seller or a rescue that does like a trial period for a few weeks, to me, that doesn't really tell me anything how that horse acts in, you know, one, two, three weeks, because he's not settled in yet. He's, that's not totally his personality. He hasn't relaxed. He hasn't let go of, you know, any, any um, anxieties that he has about being in a new place. And so I don't know of any of any sellers if you go purchase a horse that are are going to let you trial the horse for a few months before you buy, unless you find a, a lease to purchase option, which is also a great option. But if you can find a foster to adopt, then you have months to make sure that you and the horse are a great fit. And even if you aren't, those few months were really beneficial to that horse and really beneficial to you. Because there's no doubt that you learned a lot from that horse in a few months that you had
0: it. Yeah, that's that's so true. I never really have thought about that, but that's really true. It does take them so long to kind of warm up and get settled in. I've been talking to somebody who recently purchased a new horse and they've had that horse for six months and it still sounds to me like he may not be fully settled in at his new home. Like, obviously you hope by six months they're starting to get pretty settled in, but He still has some things going on where I'm like, I feel like he's still not totally settled in there. So I really feel like it can take a long time. So it's good to have that option. And then also, I think it can be nice when you know that, you know, if you couldn't keep the horse for some reason, the rescue can take them back and give them a good home usually. And so, you know, they'll end up back somewhere safe instead of, I guess, you know, if you had any horse, you could take them to a rescue, but it's nice to just kind of know that they could go back to the rescue sometime in the future although obviously it's not great to just like get the horse and then send it back to the rescue but you know that could be an option if you couldn't keep them
1: yeah yeah and I feel like anyone who's ever gone horse shopping before knows the worry about going to try a horse because you never know you you don't you don't know if you can trust the seller you don't know if the seller is really looking out for yours and the horse's best interest, or if they just want the horse off their hands, they just want to make money. You don't know if they drugged the horse. You don't know if they worked to the horse for hours before you got there. And the great thing about adopting from a reputable rescue is that most rescues really want to pair the right horse to the right person, because even though they will take them back, You know, they they don't want to have to take them back. They they want that horse to be in its forever home. So they're going to make sure that when they send that horse off, that they are confident that they found the right person and, and the right horse. And oftentimes with rescues, you can go see that horse as many times as you need to, to make that decision. You could go see that horse a dozen times before you choose to, to adopt it. And, you know, that gives you a lot of opportunities you know, to make a decision that should should be a forever decision. It's a really big decision to make. And, you know, rescues will typically not just allow you, but encourage you to take all the time you need to make that decision, which I think is a huge plus as opposed to going and, and trying a horse and feeling like you have to purchase that horse now, or he might be gone, or maybe you're getting pressured from the sellers, or it's just a much... A more relaxed experience in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know when I bought Coco, my old mare who passed away, I tried her once and then I literally just rode her and then was like, okay. Then two days later we went back and bought her. And when I got her home, she was biting me a lot and, you know, doing certain things where I was like, oh, this is not great. And I feel like I did not know what I was getting myself into. And now that I know more, obviously I know that she was in pain and she had issues with her hooves and um, all sorts of medical issues going on and whatnot. But I think it would have been a much more peaceful and less stressful experience for me if I had been able to kind of work through those things with her without the stress of like, oh my God, I just took on this horse that now has all these issues and I'm so confused and I don't know what's going on. and you know, I didn't know the seller at that point, although now we're good friends, but I was just very, I felt very overwhelmed. So I agree with you. That can definitely be helpful to have like a slower process where you can really get to know the horse and really trust what they're telling you about the horse and know that they have your best interest and the horse's best interests at heart. And they're not just trying to get money basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. I felt the same way with beauty and and the good thing about, about that, you know, what you said about Coco finding out that, that she was in pain and that some of her behaviors may have been related to that. A pro to rescues about that is that rescues will typically thoroughly vet horses upon intake. Going to a reputable rescue, you'll usually see that as soon as they get the horse, they have the vet out. And they do vaccines and they check the hooves and they do teeth and they do a full wellness exam to make sure that, that they know what kind of physical condition the horse is in, so that they can then be really transparent with the adopters about what that horse is physically capable of doing. Because again, the rescues, they're gonna do everything in their power, you know, to make sure that he's going, you know, the horse is going to a right home. And that you don't feel the need to give the horse back, even though that is going to be an option. And so they want to make sure that adopters are aware of any physical conditions that the horse may have. Now, rescues do a lot of the times have budget restrictions as far as that goes. So I'm really lucky in that I'm not sure where the rescue gets their funding that I got room from. But they are able to splurge a little bit on certain alternative therapies which is really nice. But I think that's typically not the case. So, you know, your, your rescue horse, you know, didn't necessarily get the five-star treatment at the rescue, but he got everything he needed as far as the basics. Whereas when you're purchasing a horse, you don't, you don't really know unless the owner can actually physically hand you the vet records and say, this is exactly what he had done. And I feel like that's not very common.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. I did get a full vet check done on Coco when I purchased her, but there were kind of some weird things going on. Like they didn't give me back the blood test results to to check if she had Cushing's and whatnot. I don't know what was going on there because she did have Cushing's. I don't know if like you know somebody was intentionally trying to prevent me from seeing those results, or you know if they just got lost somewhere and didn't come back. Probably they just got lost somewhere, but it was also kind of, you know, you just don't exactly know what's going on or whether you can fully trust, like, you know, a seller and a vet, both that you don't know. So it's good to really trust that they have the best interests at heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and rescues and the vets that they use are typically, you know, not going to be very biased about, you know, whether the horse leaves or not, because, you know, nonprofits is not gonna get any kind of profit from from that adoption fee. That's gonna go right back into the rescue horses. And the vet is just an unbiased third party that's, you know, just there to take care of the rescue horses and and go. So yeah, so it's not you you can be confident, you know, as long as they are a, a true reputable rescue, that they're not doing it for the money.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I also want to add I'm sure, you know, we all agree on this point, but just because a horse does have a medical issue or they are older or anything like that, you know, they still could be a very valuable horse as well. I mean, even in the purchasing world, a not great vet check shouldn't necessarily be the reason why you don't get the horse as long as you're able to provide the care that they need and whatnot. So I think that's also something that I would want to keep in mind too is that you know, some rescue horses might have a medical issue or they might be older, but those horses could still end up being the perfect horse that, you know, could teach you a lot and just be a really good friend, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about, you know, not choosing those horses that have medical conditions, you know, I mean, it's, it's about being confident that, you know, you know what you're taking on and, you know, it. You shouldn't necessarily be afraid of taking on, you know, a horse with a certain medical condition, but at least that way, you know, with a rescue, you're more likely to know that and be fully prepared for that when you bring the horse home versus, um, you know, it popping up as as a surprise one day because the seller wasn't honest or they just never looked into it.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree. You definitely want to know what you're getting into. So you don't get into that space where you just don't know what's going on and you feel overwhelmed. And I feel like especially for new horse people, it's good to have just somebody you can trust overall. I hope you enjoyed this
1: episode of Click, Treat, Repeat. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at click, treat, Repeat Pod. You can find Jen at Genuine Equine and myself at bonafide.bt. We upload new episodes every Monday and hope to see you then. Happy training.